Hey, I'm Laurie. Hi, I'm Phil. Welcome back to Flicks and Film. This is episode seven of our brand new podcast. We were formerly the Super Belly Bros. As in fact, an email that we'll read later out confirms. We're going to start sprinkling in emails from you guys and tweets. We always ask for these every week, flicksandfilm at gmail.com, at flicksandfilm on Twitter. But I think we're going to start popping them uh, in the show. Does that make you feel glad or, or sad, Phil? Because I'm going to make you do a song, of course. <laughs> no, don't make me do a song. That's what I was afraid of. I don't That's want to do a song. half of what people loved about the original emails. <laughs> and half is too high a fraction. Let's go with maybe a fifth. <laughs> we're going to cover off Netflix and movies and as much as we can squeeze in, as per usual, and yeah, we'll get to a point where we'll read out your emails and tweets. So if you've got something to say, send it in and we'll read yours on the next show. Phil, you wanted us to do a lorry special this week. I didn't really want to do that. I just, I'm aware that you've got lots of things that I happen to have opinions on. So it's more like your your things that you've finally caught up on that I already know and I'm already familiar with and I've been waiting for the opportunity to Listen, the way you're chat. saying that, it's like I'm the little the turtle in the race and <laughs> Phil the hare is just looking back saying, don't worry, no guys, don't stop the race, don't stop the race, let him finish. He's catching up, he's going to get fine. there eventually. That's I mean, not even remotely true. All I mean is I've got a huge list because I always forget what I've been watching. Um, but yeah. we'll, we'll talk about stuff we both have an angle on. So uh, in this case, that would be Dark, the German TV series, which did surprisingly sort of um, feature on Netflix to English-speaking audiences. Yes, it was a sort of crossover hit uh, that I got turned on to by my friend. I watched it, I suggested it to you, and uh, slowly I'm spreading the word about Dark. <laughs> Lizzie, you're still doing it. You're not the hare, all right? I'm not the tortoise, okay? <laughs> Fine, so there's Dark. Okay, slow <laughs> uh, Lupin, or Lupin on Netflix. Oh, we're just say Lupin, well. come on, man, don't be that guy. Well, it's France, isn't it? It's French. <laughs> about a master thief. A new take on a classic uh, character. And then you want us to do Infernal Affairs slash The Departed, right? I've seen The Departed. You've seen Infernal Affairs. I And neither one of us has seen the other. So I'm interested Isn't to see... is that strange? The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm more Western, you're more Eastern. Who knows? A bit Could of be. East Could and West. Could very well be. Yeah. <laughs> Brothers <laughs> from different rubbish. parts of the world. Just yeah, stop all that. Okay, fine. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. That's basically everything I can think of. And I'm sure we'll squeeze in uh, bits and bobs here and there. Hither und thither. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me today. I think it's because of the astonishing weather that suddenly arrived the minute we turned on the recording light. What's that about? Uh, there's something about wind. It, it affects animals. Animals go a bit weird in the wind. And then the wind and hail. What are you is... trying to say? I'm not a tortoise, man. What is it with you? What is this with you? What are you talking about it's, animals? It's, all the, it's all the lettuce you're just munching on the side. That's what it is. It's utter rubbish. I don't know what's going on today. Uh, in the UK, listeners, it is uh, astonishingly stormy weather. We bought my son, whose birthday was early in the week, a little football net got ripped out of the ground because of the wind last night. And it's just very dramatic. Who knows uh, what, the wind, what the wind shall bring, Mary Poppins style. But for the time being, shall we, uh, shall we get cracking? Yes, let's wind up and do this show. <laughs> Now, Phil the Hare again will crow about this as a recommendation of his, but let's talk about Dark, the German TV series, which I think it's fair to say took Netflix by storm, if only very briefly. It suddenly arrived, to my knowledge anyway, last year, but it's been out for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's three seasons on Netflix. The show has officially started and ended at this point, and so you can watch a fully contained, completed story right right now from your Netflix account. Um and it is a twisty um, German, it's quite hard to define, but basically time. <laughs> time is the main thing, isn't it? Well, time. right. I can tell you, IMDb says, a family saga with a supernatural twist. Well done, Phil, on the twisting. Set in a German town, that's Vinden, where the disappearance of two young children exposes the relationships among four families. And I just want to say, reiterate that the whole series is available on Netflix now, the whole programme, because it is even from episode one, I would say one of the shows where you're thinking, if I have to wait to find out what comes next, I'm going to go mad. Wouldn't you agree? I think the top line on this one is I kind of want to row back on it because my old sort of film critic habits kick in where you always look for something to criticise. But the honest truth is it is an overwhelmingly brilliant show because every single episode I think, what? 
No, really? Hold on, now let me try and figure that out. That means he did this and she's doing this for this reason and just start the next one. I know, it's, I know we're going to go to bed, but just start Let's the Let's just next watch one. the next five minutes when the episode no, just finishes. The next, just one, next ten minutes. See next episode in ten seconds. You're just like, let's just... Let's Two just, hours yeah. later. <laughs> exactly. Got to get up at six in the morning. It's a disaster. Yeah. But would you agree with that, man? It is, it's just super compelling, right? I, I found myself definitely getting into full-on binge mode. I think often that's thrown around now about TV shows. Uh, about bingeable TV shows. I don't think really that exists that often. This is one that you will end up binging because it just hooks you in and the plot thickens and you're starting to make connections and you are you want more revelation. And I think this show in particular, I mean, we should play the trailer, but this show in we particular should. really uh, is good at giving you um, uh, rewards, little breadcrumbs that keep you satisfied on the way along this path. I think that's the way I'd meticulously plotted and delivered mm, i have to mm, say and mm. we're just as i'm going to play the trailer now but i just want to the reason we're being so over the top right at the beginning here is that i think the sort of advertising and the marketing for the show isn't very inspiring netflix is full of family dramas the missing children the secrets in small towns and sci-fi stuff and even the name dark isn't exactly inspiring but this does stand apart from all those so know that as you listen to this incomprehensible unless you speak it german trailer Gestern, heute Morgen folgen sich aufeinander. Sie sind in einem ewigen Kreis miteinander verbunden. Schon vor Wochen ist in der Kleinstadt Winden ein 15-jähriger Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Und nun alarmiert ein weiterer Vermisstenfall die Bürger der Stadt. Keine Spur, nichts. Als hätte er sich in Luft aufgelöst. Alles ist genauso wie vor 33 Jahren. Alles wiederholt sich. Okay, and I think we'll stop it there because it's just a mood thing unless you happen to speak German. I can tell you that the <laughs> language there is all about uh, children who've gone missing and apparently vanished without a trace. And there's a hint from the police chief of the town, Vinden, which suggests that it's just mirroring events that happened almost exactly 33 years ago. Um, Phil, I mean, how did you come across this? You said a friend recommended it? Yeah, I, I, but the thing is, even now, it's sort of blurry in my mind because it's quite a long time. Maybe I've fallen tr- foul to Winden's powers, but I can't remember if I recommended it to somebody or they recommended it to me. I definitely have recommended it to people because I heard about it and... I can't remember if I've read about it online as a really exciting show that you should check out as one of these sort of foreign shows that maybe slips under your radar. But um, I thought I'd give it a go. Um, and and I found myself getting really drawn in. I Like you said, there's been a lot of these sort of missing children type shows, broad church, sort of mysteries, sort of secrets in towns that I think I've sort of overplayed. And yet, for some reason, I gave this one a go and I found it so much more than just that initial premise, I think. We know one thing worth uh, saying on this, I completely agree with everything Phil said, is did you know, Phil, it's the first German series that was produced by Netflix? So this is something they clearly are taking a bit of a gamble on, I suppose, you know, and, and for a Netflix-produced show, it is top-draw stuff. I mean, we're saying how much we got sucked in. A lot of that is down to the production quality and the performances, because I think, I mean, you would... It just looks utterly premium in every conceivable way. Mm. It's got an ultra-modern score, quite minimalist, that I really, really like. And the cast, even though they're quite a young cast for the most part, just captivate the screen. They hold it. I just It's so prestige, it must be one of these ones that's been in the works for a very long time, I think. Mm. And the creators behind it, they had a kind of complete idea that I believe they managed to fulfil to the maximum of what they intended to do. Um, this is one of those shows which... <sighs> It, it it's it is about time and sort of decades and repeating ideas um and normally that becomes a, a quagmire and a minefield and it is one of those shows which i think is genuinely quite difficult to follow but because of the way it's structured and um the the revelations that are given to you the interconnectedness of this web that you're discovering it makes you want to work to keep track of all the things that are going because it interlocks so nicely, so neatly, so satisfyingly um, that that it really pays off to pay attention. Um, I think I've, I've spoken to your wife, Judith, about it, and uh, she was saying how amazed she was at the casting 
of these different ages. You see um, the same character across different generations. And some of the casting in this show is just impeccable. Uh, you yeah. really just take it at face value that these people are the same characters, just in different times. And I think that, like you say, the show is just prestige, but you maybe pass it by because it's got um, it's it's German language rather than uh, British. I don't think it uh, offers a dub. It's not something I would normally choose anyway. It does it... offer a dub, but oh, I would does. seriously recommend not uh, looking into it. I just think <laughs> there's something really satisfying about hearing them say Iklibadik and uh, and yes, hearing them getting... Yes, there's a lot getting... of Iklibadik, yes. <laughs> yeah, which I'm is on just my funny. Favorite, one of my favourite lines is a, a young a woman who walks through the house, wakes up in the morning and can't find her lipstick... And she walks through the house in such a rage. It's a really nice little performance, actually, as a teenage girl. Voice my lip stuffed! <laughs> it's really good. Voice my lip stuffed! And I think I like it, it becomes quite charming and like endearing. It becomes the language of the show um, because it is top quality sort of entertainment that you might expect from HBO or, or other Netflix shows, premium sort of content. But at the same time, it has a, uh, a distinct sort of style and uh, pacing, like you were saying, Laurie. Um, and the music, I really love the music. I got particularly mm. fond of one particular music piece that pops up again and again. It's the oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, with the choir. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uses oh. male vocal voices performance, and it just it fits so well. I completely agree. Really marks it out as being something ultra modern and kind of cutting edge. I'm just scrolling through the enormous cast list yeah. to find out who did the music. Series music like Ben Frost. Well, well done, Ben. Very good job. A gold star. star to you. Yeah. That's really excellent. And he apparently also composed Sleeping the Music to Sleeping Beauty in Super Dark Times. <laughs> Whatever that yeah. means. Oh, Rainbow Six Siege, a video game. Ah, there you go. The music from the world of video games. Uh, always been a passion project of mine. Let's not go down that road. Um, you say, Phil, it kind of gets confusing. I don't know. In some ways, I didn't find it confusing. I'll tell you, the tension I was riding in my head um, through almost every episode that I watched was... Hang on a minute. Is this Lost? You know the TV show Lost I'm talking about. And yeah. everyone got sucked into Lost really early on. I remember that. It was a cultural phenomenon. And actually, over the time that you watched it, you started to think, are they just making this up as they go along? Are they? Um, and what I, I, there are a couple of moments in this TV show where there is such a key plot that emerges to do with time travel, how it's happening, why it's there what's going to become of it, how the characters are going to deal with it, that you so want plot developments to happen that when you're seeing an extended scene which is maybe about a family dynamic, you know, an affair, or mm. just kind of, you start to think, is this, am I watching Lost? Like, is this filler? Is this just sort of mess? But what I will say is that every time I've wavered on that line, I get past it the right way, and it does seem like there is an ultimate purpose to almost every... Uh, scene in the show which is a massive achievement all the episodes are sort of about 40 minutes for, between 40 mm. and 50 minutes long and uh, yeah I'm totally gripped and to the point where I can't really sleep properly <laughs> oh, no. Judith, uh, Judith and I were talking about this um, it's, it's not because it, it's not because it's scary ideas or anything like that I'm not having nightmares but it is such a web that you feel part of and I feel so compelled to try and guess what's coming because some of my guesses have turned out to be correct as well yeah 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 I, I cannot help but as I'm lying in bed after having watched four episodes on the trot or whatever <laughs> I'm like trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together um, yeah. so be ready for that it will sort of if you're that kind of if you have that kind of inclination that kind of brain where you try and figure stuff out like that it'll definitely uh, capture you it's not recommended for late night viewing i would say yeah i think it's definitely one which you i i remember i finished the show uh at a very late hour a very late hour yeah, i okay. lay in bed on my iphone watching it while my wife slept uh, <laughs> oh, bad like choice person. on the iphone the i know but too good for this that. is the thing i had to finish it i couldn't i couldn't put it down <laughs> i started the momentum i needed to know and i was uh and i was sort of just phoning my way through work, just waiting till I could go back and finish off dark. It was, it was, I thought for the sake of my commitment to my job, I thought I'll get it out of the way and then I can focus on my job. <laughs> I've had exactly um, the same thought. It's not, that's all, it's a lie. It's bad, film. isn't it? It's bad. <laughs> Don't it's do really it bad. yourself. Um, just a couple of caveats to the recommendation, because I do think you should check out, it might not be your cup of tea. I think it does borderline make, it sort of, hovers around the edge of maybe being a little bit too intense, a little bit too scary for some. But I think... Do you think so? I think the scariness, the sort of spookiness, I don't think it's a horror type of show No at way, all. not close. But no. it has some of that sort of uncomfortable tension-building scenes. Um, but it's really about uh, just a satisfying layers of story 
And, but do you not uh, think, unfolding. I would say it's almost, as I watch more of it, horror in reverse. And I should say, I haven't finished the series yet. I'm in the middle of season mm. two at the moment. Where, you know, horror films, the deal is, normal thing becomes increasingly awful, right? Mm. Until at the end, you see the full extent of the horror that's been happening. And, you know, whether they win or lose, it's just awful. And it gets more awful. My experience of this is kind of the opposite. A lot of things that seem awful and inexplicable, the show ends up kind of going through the process of why and how those things happened. And it's sort of the opposite because you're figuring it out. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it's reverse horror. So I think if it it's was the other way around. It's a shadowy monster that as, yeah. you look, the, the, as the light comes onto it more and more, it makes more and more sense. And so it's no, no longer a monster. It's just a jacket hanging on the wall. Exactly. Yeah, that sort of thing, which isn't a spoiler at all. It just, uh, it just makes it even more compelling. What my sort of ultimate byline for this, Phil, okay. is this surely is what Christopher Nolan wishes he could do. Oh, Am I right about that? Shots fired. Uh, Compared I, to Tenet, man, uh, this Tenet is, looks like Play-Doh, right, by comparison. <laughs> it's I got think... nothing. It has absolutely nothing on this and its application of a kind of time principle, in my opinion. I think if you want, if you're interested in the sort of time inversion, uh, time in general as a concept, and what sort of stories and circumstances could evolve as a result, I think this show fully explores every sort of um, extrapolation you could make from that idea of what if time wasn't playing normally. I think that's what I would say. Um, and, And it's satisfying. I found it satisfying. I think... Um, I will give you, and not to dis- I don't want to kill your enthusiasm. I think season three, it, inevitably, as you answer and sort of bring things to a conclusion, some people will not be satisfied or might be a little bit of disappointed. Course. You can't but avoid it. I would say, I think it gets to the point where you think, yes, that is a complete story. And that is a story. It might not be the story I hoped it would be. It might not be quite as, um, as perfectly kind of, hmm. But I do think it reaches a point that is satisfying and you can say, right, that's the end of the story. You're not going to feel you've wasted your time. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And necessarily mysteries, when they get solved, that's often the most boring part, isn't it? Like Mm. you're delighted to find out how it's happened, but then that's just kind of it. The The journey, journey the journey. It's it's long enough and compelling enough that it doesn't matter. We talked a bit too long on this, but I want to give a final shout out. I said... uh, Lewis, I can't remember his surname, the, the lead guy. He's brilliant um, as Jonas. Jonas. Is he the lead? He kind of is the lead. I he's think the, the Ulrich central point bloke as well. Yeah. He's got the face of the worst villain in history. <laughs> like, he looks so evil. But he does a brilliant, brilliant job, actually. He's quite versatile. But my particular shout-out, I want to put to Julika or Julika Jenkins, Jenkins, um, who plays Claudia in the show. You I, I meet her fairly early on as the new boss of a power plant. I think she's such a unique screen presence I really, really loved her role in this show and how her character sort of grows. I, I think she's quite unusual, quite an unusually written character, quite unusually presented. Uh, I don't know whether you agree with me on that one, but I thought, um, and that's the Claudia from the 1980s I'm talking about in particular, Yulia yep. Yankin. Yep. Uh, I think she's brilliant. So keep an eye out. I think, I think you'll be bowled over by this. Have patience. Do the subtitles according to Phil anyway. Mm, don't definitely. trust the dub. I never trust the dub. I think subtitles are good. And in this case, it, you get the charming German voices in the background, which it kind of all so contributes to the factor. One last tip. Oh, it's my Lippenstift. <laughs> oh, it's my Lippenstift. Yeah. One last thing. If you are going to watch the show and you're finding it a little bit confusing, they have done a fantastic website, genuinely a fantastic official website, where you can choose which episode you're on, what season you're on, and it will give you um, a kind of visualizations of the family trees and connected Oh, what, if you get lost and stuff? If you get lost. So if you get confused by the names and you want to say, who's this person, how are they related to this person, as it pops around in different decades, you can look exactly and find out what, what it is going on without spoiling the show. So if you select which episode you're on, which season you're on, it won't spoil the show. You can know exactly what's going on. It's a great way to just kind of make sure you're following and tracking along the connections that are being established. Without a doubt, one of the best things Netflix has ever made. And my final thought is I I wish I looked a bit like Andreas Pitchman. He plays the older Jonas. Like, uh, that's a hairstyle I'll never be able to pull off. I'm just a little sad about that. Yeah. Tough, tough. (sighs) Laurie, very, very quickly, just between all of this, I've got a super hot tip for your uh, uh, just general life. How hot and why hot? Flaming hot, Cheeto, Cheeto hot. Um, I would say it's a hot tip. Uh, Audiobooks, put them on 1.5 speed. That's my top tip. Oh, old, old tip. I know this one. Uh, I'm doing it at the moment. I'm trying to teach myself 
This is very boring. I apologize. Two pieces of software. One's called FMOD. The other's called WISE, spelled W-Y-S. They're oh to gosh. do with creating uh, music and coding it to adapt to environments. I wish I could put that on 1.5 speed because that was boring. That's exactly <laughs> what, well, but that's what exactly what I'm having to do, except I often go all the way up to double, which is pushing it. Can yeah, you do that is pushing it. I can, I can go super fast. And uh, I, I think it cuts down your boring audiobooks that you kind of want to listen to, but you're a bit bored of. It means that instead yeah. of going the super slow pace, uh, you get to have them just plow on. I think it actually means you could absorb the point much more, do you especially not worry about non-fiction. What it does to your brain, though, a little bit, because do you know that experience when you're driving and there's quite a low sun, and you're on a long drive on a motorway, and the sun, like there's trees on the right-hand oh, side. Oh, I this hate that. It right flashes. Hand. Yeah, <laughs> you can feel it, right? It's do horrible. you not sometimes feel a bit like that with audio well, books where people speak too um, fast because you're you're racing to keep up with it, aren't you? It, I think I wouldn't do it on every audiobook, but if you can kind of get a sense of the the the, the, the tempo, the timbre of the the person you're listening to if it will work or not the person the book i'm listening to at the moment it speaks quite slowly and so i can i can speed him uh the the, the audio the, the reader of it speed him up and it just sort of gets it a little bit zippier and i actually feel like i'm processing a little bit more but there was one moment in the audiobook where uh the person reading it got a little bit emotional and oh yeah and it's that's interesting that's quite yeah, unusual for an doesn't, audiobook doesn't come up much but uh, it got a bit emotional and so suddenly you're listening to somebody emotionally speak and not <laughs> but at 1.5 speed. speed and it's like i've never oh, never man. would have ever thought i'd come across that sort of weird that's sound brilliant. and you know when you're sort of struggling to speak and you slow down even more yeah, to try I and do. take on but like you're trying to get the words out but you're choked up so it's just kind of like like you say like the trees flashing in my eyes i couldn't quite get a handle you on can't it process but, it but you know what that makes me think about as well? That's a very interesting point. And I bet you that would happen a lot with kind of emotive language. You can't speed it up. But that makes me think there is actually much like the speed of sound and light, the speed of emotion. <laughs> I've never thought about that before. But maybe that's actually a thing because if you race through it, it feels wrong somehow. Like it's too fast. It's kind of, he's crying too fast. Now he's stopping too fast. You need to cry for longer. Do you, you know what I mean? I wonder whether there's that. Mm, yeah, there's some, that's some things you have to take at the speed at which they're written. This is really interesting because I can do a reverse one. <laughs> this is like <laughs> some trippy, weird sort of theory we just stumbled thing. on. Man, I bet there is some kind of sociological or philosophical, psychological thing about how fast your brain and your sort of body can process emotions. Because like hormones and all sorts of things get involved in that, don't they? Things are firing off in your brain. Um, Have uh, we just discovered I a theory? The <laughs> I, me, I did. Uh, Laurie right. did. Laurie well, Bailey okay. Bailey on this program. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was thinking the reverse, which we should do another time, which is if you ever play RPG games and um, used to give me a lot of stick for you this. You didn't read the you text. Skip, you didn't you read it. you skip through the text? No, no, just roll with me on okay. my terms for this. Okay, yeah, do you on. skip through the text? Do you press X or whatever it is to mm. go to the end of the paragraph so you can move on? Do you do that? Uh, I have been known to when I'm not that fussed about what they're saying and it's sort of like, okay. I'll get the general gist and yeah, why? Well, because this is something, as you know, as you like to joke about, you pretend that I didn't read it. I did read it. You're Just a fast reader. I'm a very fast yeah, reader. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can do it. I can do the skim reading thing. So I'll skip through it. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I can skip through it really fast. But I realised it was doing the same thing to my brain that we're talking about, like like listening to something on 1.5. It's going too fast. And so nowadays, I intentionally turn off the skip um, text function Whoa. when I'm playing games like this to force myself to read as slow as the text appears. Um, and it is quite interesting because you experience things differently. That's I'm, my I'm overwhelming I'm very surprised. Opinion. I'm amazed you have the patience and things. Is it that you're trying to well, sort that's of why I'm savor, ever, exactly savor why. every morsel that you eat, but auditory-wise? Well, that kind of thing. And I think it is good for people to do this from time to time because everything in the world is about streamlining, isn't it? About mm. streamlining and sort of racing through. So I'm making an intentional decision to slow down and let something else set the pace. And I, I found it quite interesting. I, I, on the, I don't necessarily think it's better, but I certainly think it's more peaceful experience and kind of more wholesome somehow. Because I don't feel like I've just got a task I'm racing to complete. Um, I'm enjoying it anyway. But I'm well, look, there you go. Very we good. ended up getting quite emotionally deep. We talked speed about the speed of emotion. Of emotion. Um, I if hope you, you didn't <laughs> listen to this on 1.5 speed. Yeah, if you uh, have ever tried listening to audiobooks and you want to give us your feedback, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, email us in. You know the email address by now. To, do you think I need to copyright that speed of emotion thing? Do you think someone else? I think can you could probably it? write a book about it and sell it on oh, uh, on uh, well, some Audible. That's my next freelance gig, mate. <laughs> okay, time to talk about Lupin. <laughs> Are you uh, going to cope with me calling it Lupin? No, I, I officially won't. It's like when people say um, 
um, have you heard people say COVID wrong? COVID. COVID, COVID, I can't handle it. And you're, it's like, some people say that, like broadcasters say COVID. I know. Right. And I, uh, but the thing is, you don't want to look stupid and say, Are you, I think you're saying that wrong because you don't. Well, how do you know whether that COVID's right? How do you I know feel that? like you know that COVID's right because everyone says COVID, but then COVID. That doesn't mean it's right, Phil. Just I know. Uh, just because uh, if everyone was jumping off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff, Phil? <laughs> would you jump off a cliff? Yes, if everyone is, you'd probably think they know better than you do. Ah, that's where you're wrong. Okay. Never jump off any, any cliffs. Doesn't matter how many. Just <laughs> right, Lupin. Let's go with Lupin. Don't jump Lupin. off any cliffs. Lupin, All right, Lupin, Yes, Lupin, the Netflix series. And now you might have seen this stylishly advertised. This is what happened to me when I log into Netflix. I wonder how much it tracks what you watch to give you these recommendations. Maybe it's because you watch dark right and the then top. it's like, you must it watch well, this It could one. well be. Uh, but this one appeared on Netflix as a recommendation. And it looks, from the trailer especially, extremely stylish and worth a watch so actually should i do that right now so i can sort of narratively take you through this show yeah let's let's see it i'm a janitor at the louvre the artwork that i clean they're worth millions next friday a foundation will put a necklace up for auction the necklace belongs to marie antoinette we're gonna steal it go in as janitors and come out millionaires any questions while we're risking our asses, what are you doing? Who, me? I'm buying the necklace. At your age, I love to read. Your grandfather gave it to me. I think you'll like it. Arsene Lupin, gentleman burglar. I found something that's incredible. A classic adventure of Arsene Lupin by Maurice Lupin. Also the method, the panache, the style. The talent. What's next, D'Artagnan of the Three Little Pigs? 25 years, I believe my father was a thief. I grew up with that. 25 years ago, he framed my dad. Come on. Let go of me! You want revenge on Pellegrini. Who gonna stop me in my moment? This is all a game, Inspector. Who gonna stop me when I'm going? A game with rules. Break me, I don't back down. And I'm the one who makes them. That's exactly my plan. You know the handcuff trick? The handcuff what? Well, now you do. You underestimated me. You didn't look at me. You saw me, but you didn't really look. Want to tell me what you did last night? Wasn't nothing much. I'm sure. Ah! Better, yeah? <laughs> Thank you. So the first thing you might notice from that trailer is that uh, accidentally I very clearly selected the English dub version. So uh, despite me going on about it being French and saying Lupin, uh, that was the English one. What I'd like to draw your attention to is the top rated comment on YouTube immediately under this trailer, which says this series is really good. I binged watched the entire the whole thing. I would recommend it watching it in French with English subtitles. <laughs> that guy knows what's up. Dubs, man, they're terrible. Um, now, I, Phil, you've, you haven't seen this. Have you seen that trailer before? Yeah, I've, I, Lupin, Lupin. Oh, you got me doing it now. Lupin, I, I feel like uh, it intrigued me. The problem I have is it's harder. Maybe it's a good thing. It's harder to watch a show when it has subtitles because you can't do other stuff on your phone while you're watching it. That's yeah, but we were just going on and on about dark. You didn't have any trouble with that one. No, did you? I know exactly, and I so I know it's good for me. I know it might be good for my soul, and I, I think it could be a good show. So I'm intrigued to hear what you think, and maybe this will tip me over so I actually watch it. It's almost like well, I, I know I should give it a go, and I just need to get that sort of urge to press play. Look, I would love to do that for you, Phil. I'd love to change your sort of mind on it, um, but I cannot. So mm. you're quite right. Uh, look, look. Omar Sy stars in this, and he's played quite a few roles in Hollywood films, actually, Phil. He's a, he's a face I recognise, without I didn't recognise his name, but he's been in Jurassic World, Days of Future Past, X-Men. Plays yeah, Bishop he played Bishop. He, quite a big, big role, actually. His big role that kind of got him a lot of attention is a French film that I've seen. It's called Intouchables. Uh, it's, it's French, so I'm trying to... It's, it's Intouchables. Uh, so I'm. Yeah. How would you say that in French? In a French. Well, accent? and the translation on IMDb, which he's also listed as known for, is untouchable. I think you've talked about this show before. This film. It's a, so it's a film that actually remade, uh, starring Kevin Hart and um, Brian Cranston. It made a bit of a right. stir though because Brian Cranston was in, playing a, a paraplegic, um, but he wasn't right. paraplegic, and whether or not it brought up this whole debate about whether or not. Um, actors should be playing those sort of roles anyway this that whole film was based on this film which is based on a true story about um a man in a wheelchair and his uh, carer and 
uh, his carer was um, an ex-con, um, but th- th- their kind of relationship. And it's quite, it's, it's a nice film. I'd check it out if you want to sort of see your, uh, see a, a heartfelt kind of nice story about a kind of platonic relationship. Um, yeah, I check it out and he was very good in it. He's very charming in it, which is why he kind of fits this whole, um, this role of Lupin. Well, yeah, I completely agree. And he is by far the best thing about this show which itself is extremely average, and I'm really disappointed to say that. Almost everything it has going for it is about panache and style, but I think production quality more than anything else. It sells itself as this great uh, heisty film with a thief who is recreating the famous heists and plots of the Arsène Lupin uh, character from the novels. Those books feature a prominent role in it. He's also navigating sort of family issues with an ex-wife and a son and a lot of history with his father that kind of brings in race relations and prejudice and France and the rich versus the poor. And all these things could sort of come together to make something really, really interesting. But it isn't. All of it is predictable. And the key crime, it's funny, isn't it, for a film about thieves uh, that the film commits, uh, is that it, it's... Uh, <laughs> now, now I can't think of a snappy way to put it. Come oh, on, put it snappily. Um, the heists are rubbish. It's a trick. The whole thing's a con and not in a good way. You won't have seen it, Phil, because the trailer makes a big fuss about it being from the director of Now You See Me, which I think is actually a bit of a stretch because I don't think he directed it by any means. But what's your opinion of Now You See Me, Phil? I think they, they, I feel like I want to enjoy them, but they are magic tricks where the magic is not a trick. It's instead camera trickery. So it, it, that's, that's how kind of the an analogy I would use. Um, yeah, it's not a trick. You, it's a cheat. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that. that's that is exactly right. That's my problem with now you see me. It's sort of wow, you didn't know that they were actually doing this, which you couldn't have predicted because they didn't show you. Uh, so yeah. it's kind of it's a whirlwind, but you're not whirlwind that you can predict. And so there's no sleight of hand, there's no trickery, like you say, it's a cheat. I was so disappointed by by this. So he did actually. This Louis Leterrier uh, did direct now you see me, and he's done three episodes of uh, Lupin. Um, there are so many situations where what you're crying out for is something really clever that fits the charisma of Omar Sy's character. He's mm. very charismatic and stylish, and he can sort of play all sorts of different characters and blend into the background or really take the spotlight. All that stuff is great. All the set dressing in the production is great, but the plots are all rubbish. Like, there's a, in that clip um, that we heard from the trailer, there's a moment where he says, oh, do you know the handcru- uh, handcuff trick? And the guy says, no. And then he goes, now you do. I'll describe that for you. He's sitting with a con and the con is in handcuffs and he says, do you know the handcuff trick? And the guy says, no. And then he hold, and then Lupin then holds up his hands, which are now in the handcuffs and says, now you do, which is just impossible. And it's yeah. not a trick. Yeah. It's an, I like, and that sort of thing, it genuinely annoys me on a level where I can't just ignore it. And I watched this with Judith and for the first two or three episodes, she would say to me after I go, oh, you know, and roll my eyes audibly um, <laughs> while we're watching it in a very irritating way. She was, you know, oh, come on, you just need to enjoy these things. Even she, by um, the fourth really? episode, was like, That's... yeah, you're right, this is a bit annoying. And it's so predictably and pedestrianly plotted. The, the thing you can't forgive it is that the, all these people are the most catchable thieves, the most catchable criminals like in history, it's like <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> like I could find it out. The only reason they ever succeed is because the director wants them to. Mm. Like they're police chiefs who they do everything except like ask a question of a co- like a, a co-conspirator. So at the beginning, he's in the Louvre and you heard that thing about stealing the diamond necklace. Mm. Like there are so many people involved in that heist, but the police don't question any of those relevant ones until a few episodes later when the guys become harder to find. Like there's there's absolutely nothing about it that's clever. It is totally unsatisfying or from a heisty and, and no. criminal perspective. Th- that said, the kind of uh, drama with his father and his ex-wife and his son is kind of compelling, but it's like, make up your mind. Mm. What, are you, what are you making here? Are you making a stylish drama which pulls on your heartstrings and tries to get you to confront issues? Or are you making a film about a master thief? It's called Lupin, so I think I know what the marketing team think the show ought to be about. It's a big muddled disappointment, and even though it's been renewed for series two, I don't expect much improvement or a long series. And I think there's only five episodes in series one as well. So all in all, a big disappointment should have done a lot better. Oh, I'm going to avoid it then as uh, I don't want it stealing my time. Well, but by all means, watch the first episode and see what you think, because the first episode has the most kind of spectacular things in it, like the Louvre and mm. uh, the sports cars involved. It's quite a fun idea 
and a lot of the key concepts are introduced. And just let me know if you're as disappointed by it as uh, as I was. Oh, and I should say, remember, I want to hear from you as well. Flix and film. Phil thinks you know it already. I'm not so sure. Flix and film at gmail.com at Flix and film on Twitter. Am I right or wrong about Lupin? And while you're at it, tell us your thoughts on Dark 2. I'm pretty sure last time I said the email, you said it's in the title of the podcast. Yeah, but it's because you kept spelling it out. <laughs> yeah, like the word flicks with an X wasn't obvious. Are you still to give it? Phil, I, you know what, Phil? I've actually been a professional. In the <laughs> oh, gosh, right, okay. The... Next. <laughs> play the jingle, play the jingle. Quick, quick, quick. Okay, just before we get into our Infernal Affairs versus The Departed review fight, I don't really know how that's going to work out, Phil. <laughs> um, let's do a few emails, shall we? We talked about it at the beginning. You guys have been uh, getting in touch with us, and I haven't really sort of publicised the show yet. They're all sort of out of order, so people are doing shows from a while ago. So I hope you won't mind us dipping back into weeks, what, one, two, four? I don't even know which ones they are. Um, but here you Sometimes go. Sometimes that happens, doesn't Sometimes it? Sometimes it happens. You could have your own uh, thoughts and opinions read out on the show, maybe debated or argued with uh, by me and Phil. So, Phil, for the inaugural session, uh, give me an email song, please. Uh, okay. E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
back if it's new, but thank you. That makes sense. <laughs> after two years, yes, it does. Yes, it does. I've just being, you know, after two years as Super Baby Bros and two years off, it's such a joy to have you back. I think we were actually doing it a bit longer than two years. I, I don't like even it know. It feels like a long time when since we started it all those many moons ago. What was it? The first Hundreds one we of did. Episodes. Was it yeah, uh, the Martian? Our very first one was the Martian. That's right, with the worst microphones ever. How things have changed. Um, yep. He says he's really missed our friendly banter about films and daily life. Thank you very much, Nicholas. Uh, I've now fully caught up with your episodes. And before I give you scores, I must address a troubling issue. Aren't flicks and film the same thing? Your new title seems to have a pleonasm in it. Is that a neoplasm? I don't know what a pleonasm is. I'll tell you a word for it, Nicholas. I suspect it's been bothering Phil as well. Is that true? Do you think flicks <laughs> and films are the same thing? I'm being supportive as your brother. Uh, I, I had uh, other ideas about the show name and things like that but i think mm-hmm. i i think laurie's the the man with the the action man who gets things done and he got it done and he got us a name so well done you Laurie, wanted to call you. it L- lp didn't you lp the lp show the, the the reality i'll say it again the main thing is laurie and phil but nicholas no it's not the same thing the reason flicks is there with an x and it's flicks and film is it's netflix so it's a way of capturing the kind of world of streaming i appreciate it's not you know <laughs> Uh, all right let's carry on first of all well done for reviewing tenet and wonder woman 1984 those were the only two blockbusters released in cinemas during the pandemic in the uk yes fortunately i've managed to see both at the cinema which really elevates the experience i was quite frustrated at christopher nolan as i didn't understand tenet at all the first time yeah i think a lot of people had that opinion nicholas the second time helped a bit more but i wish i had subtitles like laurie did yeah, inadvertently, I think I did have a much better experience than many on that one. Mm. Uh, I recently rewatched Memento and really miss how Christopher Nolan used to tell a story more efficiently. Uh, by the way, the opening from Memento is very Tenet-like. In summary, probably plus one to both of you. There you are, Phil. As for Wonder Woman, I'm one of the rare instances that dislikes the first one and love the second one. Interesting. Sure, there are many times you have to suspend disbelief, but I was captivated by not only Gal Gadot's beauty and charm, not so much the acting. Uh, ouch. I'm not sure oh about that. Nicholas. And the exponential threat that hadn't been done such a way before. A perfect cinema experience, in my opinion. Minus one to Phil. Sorry. That's fine. You don't need to apologise. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just felt that it, it was it was it was too much of a creator project. It needed a cutting uh, a, a kind of scathing edit to the whole thing and streamlining of it. Just give it a bit more pace and energy and oomph. I think the uh, I think it doesn't quite. I think it what it was going for was that same Sam Raimi type um, silliness that you get in the Spider Man films, um, which I think I've come to really love. I know people make fun of the 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 dark emo version of Peter Parker doing his silly dancing. Brilliant, brilliant I think though, actually, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I think actually that is part of the whole charm of those films, and that kind of crystallizes the sort of vibe that Sam Raimi goes for. And I think that's what um, Patty Jenkins was going for with Wonder Woman eighty four, but. It also has just a, a bit of a heavy hand with the the politicizing it's a little bit and agendas. Important, isn't it? I think, like, I don't think the thing about that Spider-Man thing is that you were supposed to laugh at Peter mm. Parker mm. when he emerges, like, put some dirt in your eye. Like, I mean, the lines from that film, much like in the prequels, have really dominated the internet as far as memes go. Mm. And there's something really powerful about a line that can do that. What else is it he says? Uh, I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. Oh, there's some classics. I can't remember. Uh, Look, he carries on. Other than that, I also enjoyed The Mandalorian quite a bit. Not amazing, but pretty solid and feels quite old school in some ways. Not sure what to think of the future announced Star Wars spinoffs. I think my opinion is more similar to Phil's than Laurie's. Finally, I did enjoy Soul from Pixar, but understand why Phil sees it as a mess. Uh, He says his wife gives you a plus one, but a minus one from him. Uh, Disney Plus seems to be your main streaming platform that... uh, where you've been getting films from so far. Have you watched and paid for Raya and the Lost Dragon yet? No. It's just come That's out. Pretty so new, isn't it's it? very, yeah. very recently. So I'm, I might check it out. I'm intrigued because it's got Aquafina, who I really like. Oh, right. In, yeah, yeah. Um, Aquafina, isn't it? Aquafina, Aquafina, something like that. Um, but she's the voice of the dragon in the, in the film. And, Crazy Rich Asians is good, man. What a it's strange good film. That's good, good fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I like enjoyed it. And I enjoyed her. I just enjoy her whole uh, vibe. So I'm intrigued to see what she brings to that character. Uh, yeah, if it's not ridiculously expensive, I will check it out. Okay, there's still a bit more from Nicholas here. And I just want to say at this point, we used to say big and small, we love them all. We do agree. Like, if you've got a long email, we love that just as much as a tweet, something really short and snappy. And I'd like to offer you this for our new podcast. Uh, long and short, we love the thought. How about that? Long <laughs> Big and small, short, we love we them love all. The I think thought. it's better. He has this, which I think you'll like, Phil. We should definitely cover this in a future episode. Have you watched Hamilton yet? 
plus five, he says to us, if you've loved it as well. We absolutely have watched Hamilton. We did a bit of a weird Bailey family watch-a-thon via Zoom, didn't we? It wasn't weird. I um, think it was very good. I think uh, it was I think some nice, people might find that I a think, bit weird. <laughs> and now, now that lockdown's ending, but one of our big kind of discoveries, I felt, was it gives a focal point. Often you chat and you, nothing's really new and nothing's really happened. So it kind of, mm. yeah. Whereas having something to talk about that isn't COVID-related was really yeah, nice. nice. And Hamilton was one of those things we did. We had lots of thoughts. We also watched... You, um, you quite strongly recommended it because you saw it live as well. Yeah, I've seen, the, I've seen the stage show live. That was um, a, a, a sort of birthday slash that, anniversary. Did we give you that as a present? I feel we did. Yeah, it was quite a big deal to get tickets for. Quite tricky. Yeah, and we had a fantastic time. We loved seeing Let, it Let's live. do it. Let's cover Hamilton because there's a lot to say on it. So, Nicholas, we will absolutely do Hamilton. Then let me rail the uh, reel these off, Phil. Just a few more things. As for Netflix, any opinion on some of the awards season contenders? I'm going to save you some time here, Nicholas. No. Trial of the Chicago 7, <laughs> Mank, Marini's Black Bottom, News of the World, The Five Bloods, Malcolm and Marie, Midnight Sky. The only name I even recognise in there is Trial of Chicago 7 and, and Midnight Sky. I'm so out of the loop these days, man. Um, I could talk about some of these films and maybe I should if they if it gets closer to the Oscar time. Maybe we could rattle off some of these because Let's do it. Uh, I think that's a good little motivation because there aren't loads of new films, but maybe some of these films have uh, kind of just gone past us without we'll really realising. I'll give it a watch. And he reckons Netflix is doing really well. Uh, lots of good new originals. He says, plus one for Altered Carbon. I enjoyed season one, disliked season two. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, Nicholas. I did enjoy season one, but I still wouldn't totally recommend it to people. Very unpleasant in places. Mm. And then he says, thanks for Midnight Diner and Hollow Knight recommendations. Let us know what you do. And I've got to include this PS. He says, great work. Thank you. Your sound quality is fantastic. I can't believe you're recording from two different places. <laughs> That's Stay amazing. Safe. There you go. Thank you. There well, you look, I, we worked hard on that. I uh, dropped off a microphone around at Phil's uh, house in a self-isolated, not self-isolated, what's I'm looking for, in a socially distanced way. Um, but yeah, man, I work hard on it and I've picked up a few new toys that improve all this stuff. One point five, one point five, fast forward, fast forward. <laughs> if it's not sounding good, tell me and I'll fix it. There well we done, go. Laurie. Very good. Emails, round one. We would love to hear from you. Flixandfilm at gmail.com, at Flixandfilm on Twitter. We love to get your recommendations and tips and your thoughts and opinions and plus ones and minus ones if you agree or disagree with us. Just send it all in. <laughs> So, Laurie, you've seen Infernal Affairs. I've seen The Departed, the film that that is based on. What? No, the other way around. Infernal Affairs is the inspiration for The Departed, that Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Martin Scorsese, extravaganza of a film. But neither of us have seen either one. And so yeah. um, I am curious to know... Yeah. Yeah, we've we've each seen one, but not the other one. So we're kind of having a duel. I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of The Departed. I think it's a you? terrific film. Uh, possibly my favourite Leonardo DiCaprio performance uh, I've seen. I think he's brilliant as this undercover cop. Um, and uh, and I, which I one love... is he playing? He's the undercover cop, is he? He's yeah, not so... the undercover gang guy. Yeah, so the basic setup of both films, I'm hoping if I say it, it will cover it. You have okay. um, essentially a two moles who represent the two sides of crime and law, but they are working in the uh, kind of yin-yang inverse of what you'd expect. So you have a person implanted in the police department who's actually working for the organised crime, and then you have an undercover cop who is working um, in in that same organised crime family. And then you have this awkward thing where they are investigating and trying to root out each other. And so it's a game of wit, uh, a thriller, who's going to be caught, who's going to be caught out. Is that sort of the basic idea? Yeah, that's right. It's um, it's a very, very simple premise, really. But it's, it's sort of a race. Who's going to get found out first? Because there's a point halfway through the film, I assume this is the same in The Departed, where they both realise there's someone on the other side and they are trying to find out who it is before they can be busted. It is just a straightforwardly compelling uh, plot device where you don't even need to be interested in crime dramas, really. It's not about that. It's about the nervousness of being exposed while you're trying to lie to almost everybody around you. Um, I think Infernal Affairs, it's worth saying, came first, but not by that long. It was 2002. The Departed was 2006. The chief difference between them, Phil, is The Departed is two and a half hours of your life. Infernal <laughs> Affairs is one hour, 40 minutes of your life. So does The Departed deserve that extra 50 minutes? What is um, that about? So I haven't seen the original. But I think fifty minutes. <laughs> it's a whole episode of Dark for crying out loud. <laughs> I think Martin Scorsese. It's it's one of my favourite films, and I think he really uh, delivers this grand, um, epic scale uh, 
um, what for quite a simple story. And so these characters feel very real. They have stages of development. They progress. And um, you've got Jack Nicholson doing a fantastic job as this horrible, leechy crime boss. Um, and Matt Damon, I think it's a very unusual role for him as the one, the police officer who's actually the mole for the mafia. I think he he does a... You've got really, really good performances. There's time uh, for them to explore these characters and and this world so that you... you I mean, Martin Scorsese is such a talented director at making uh, these worlds seem fun and full and interesting. And then you've got some fantastic music to go with it all, all together. Twists and turns. I, I really do think it's not a boring film. It's long, but meaty like a good novel. That's the way I would uh, defend its extra 50 minutes. Meaty. <laughs> yeah, meaty. I, I don't know. I, 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 despite all you say, Phil, I find that hard to justify because I think... The whole, you know, what is the essence of wit, Phil? The soul of wit? Brevity. The, what is it that, thank you. Yeah, filmmakers know this more than anyone because films are so flipping expensive to make. Like, I just think this doesn't speak to me of meatiness. It speaks to me of ego, Scorsese style. Come on. No. I mean, I, I'm talking about it like I've seen it, which I haven't. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I feel like this is like a preliminary. This is this is the the boxers, you know, get, getting their fists ready and putting themselves up, and sort of maybe they're going to headbutt each other. You know, that prelim fight uh, yeah, fight photo op yeah. they do. This is what this is. We're then going to have to watch each other's films, and then we're going to have to and concede and oh, fight. Am I going to find two and a half hours? To I think you'll manage it. Probably your workouts. way. You'll watch it in might five to, minute uh, installments. Skip, skip the workout one day and watch a film instead. You know, oh, um, look. I, what I will give it is that um, I read off about the departed. Uh, tries to ground it in real life, doesn't it? Because um, there was some sense that it was based on a real corrupt FBI operative. Did you know that? Oh no, um, I didn't. Who was no. Quite, so if you look it up, it's quite an interesting story. There was an FBI operative who kind of just got to know people. He got his job through connections. He was a real charming guy. He wasn't necessarily labelled as a brilliant agent, but he did achieve quite a lot of stuff. And it turned out that he was taking bribes and all sorts of things. I think actually he's about to be released um, after years and years and years in prison. So that's worth looking up. And I think I can see how if you're trying to do that as well as use an existing brilliant story, you might need to sort of fill in some of the gaps and broaden it a bit and change the tone of some of it. Um, but I just I still go back to it. I still don't think you can justify Okay, a film so, at that length. It's why I haven't watched. Um, what is that one on Netflix that Scorsese released? Oh, the Irishman. I still yeah, haven't watched it. It's three yeah, hours long. I gave up on that doing? one. I gave up on that one. There I you don't go. think. I don't think you will watch this one and feel bored. That's what I'll give it to you. It might feel long, but I don't think you'll feel bored because. And this is my last little jab before we go off and then have the actual fight and watch it and mm -hmm. then come back. I think this next is the week. fight, to be honest. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> I not. Don't have next that much week, more to say. Next week, I All think right. you're going you're gonna to watch it and you'll eat your words, yeah. my friend, because yeah, yeah. the cast in this film is just a dream team of fantastic performance. You've got Mark Wahlberg doing a, a very, very memorable performance. I won't spoil it. You've got Martin Sheen. You've got Alec Baldwin, uh, Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, Via Farmiga. Um, mm -hmm. All of them. It's a stellar cast of really, really good performances. Um, and it just has so much momentum and direction. I think I think you'll watch it and feel satisfied. I'll lend it to you. I'll lend you the DVD, Laurie. You're going to watch it and you're going to love it. I promise you. Well, look, I'm I'm really up for giving it a go. We might watch it in two, over two nights, maybe oh, three nights. Oh, <laughs> oh. The thing is, man, it's just reality. I know, like, I know, I know. I'm going to turn to my right and Judith will be sleeping like this on the sofa. I'm doing an impression of her that's very unflattering. Sorry, Jude. Uh, and then I'll wake her up and she'll be like, what? And then she'll get annoyed with me. And it's, no, it's a lose-lose situation. Then. I, think, she, I think even she, even she will be intrigued. Uh, <laughs> well, we should have. No, I think. I genuinely it, think it, we it, should have like a wife off in the sense that we should try that's and get the worst. That, that even that phrase doesn't know, make you shiver. Phrase, what are like, you talking about? But like, is it trying to like we have to get a uh, recommend a film to each other's uh, and, and it, the test is will the the spouse watch it all or will they? Well, give I can up? drop in a bombshell on this one. We we were going to cover later. We watched Always Be My Maybe and we both didn't like it. Jude oh, especially no. was annoyed by it. Let's oh. talk about that in the, in the outro. Um, look, let me just uh, before as you say we do the fight. Let me tell you about Infernal Affairs. Um, I think it, now I'm overselling it. One of the key selling points of this film is its efficiency because you feel like you know these characters. You feel like you get their anxiety, even though they're quite reserved in many ways. All of the characters. Um, but it is just so brutally quick and powerful. A lot of the film's pace and a lot of the drama comes about because when there's a film, like there's, there are scenes where um, the the gang member who's playing the police officer, he's like an intelligence officer, really, um, like he's sending texts in 
an operation room to the criminal that they're investigating. And it's like this brazen confidence that's also very efficient from a storytelling point of view. It just kind of gets it gets you. And then other scenes where he's just in his apartment with his wife, where they're just lounging about. But it's a palpable tension because, you know, that entire life is based on lies like it's just very, very clever and great storytelling. So efficient is it and concise, in fact, that it can even get away with having a really cheesy flashback montage when a character dies. They show slow-mo moments of him smiling and stuff, which is the kind of thing that shouldn't really be, <laughs> be in blockbusting films. But it's there and you it can get away with it because it's just been so brutal. And um, again, because I already have checked on Wikipedia and stuff, it's quite a different ending. So the okay. emphasis, the emphasis on the ending is different and the questions you're left with are different. It is 100% a film about less is more and it's just nerve wracking all the way through. Highly recommended. And, you know, remember these films are from the early 2000s, so they let should me, be dated. Let me jump in and just say one of your favourite uh, Frasier quotes, which is, Uh-oh. if less is more, then just imagine how much oh. more more is. The the best sitcom joke of all time. <laughs> Fight me on it. Uh, Frasier yeah. is... Absolute beyond God. That isn't that. That is just genius. I well, if that is true, I'm going to say the Departed is the more that is more, and so I really think you should watch it. Uh, here's what That's I'm going to say. You, here's you, what you I'm going to say. On that. I love that. I know you quote. love Frasier. I played to your strengths, and I got you. Um, here's <laughs> what I'll say, listeners. If you have seen either of those films or just one of them, would you weigh in and would you help us decide this? Uh, we're going to watch each other's films. You're going to watch Departed. I'll watch Infernal Affairs. And if you have seen either, weigh in. Are you a fan? Are you not a fan? Give your plus ones, your minus ones. Let us know. Are you Departed or Infernal Affairs? If you've seen both or if you've seen one, watch the other one. And by next week, we'll have about to decide who is king do it. in the ring. Let's do it. I just want to, I had a joke that I thought earlier uh, while you were talking. And then I thought, I don't want to ruin his flow again. Just about Martin, Martin Scorsese. And I'm saying, uh, yes, sir, what would you like? Do you want small, uh, medium, large, super size, or Martin Scorsese? <laughs> Get it? Get the gag? Is that funny? You should have gone with rather than small, large. You should have gone venti and um, venti. Oh, well, yeah, well, I was the, thinking McDonald's. You go with the Starbucks ones, and then it goes to the Scorsese because he's Italian too. Scorsese. Of course, ah, oh, there you are, topping off my joke. Although, actually, Phil, you know, if we were a team, then that's that's where the genius. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how much greater everything could be. Just think of the power we could rule the galaxy, all that sort of stuff. Okay, well, actually, it turned out to be a bit of a bumper episode this week. I think that's partly the introduction of emails. We started this by wanting to be brief on everything, and that just doesn't happen, Phil. It doesn't look like we can do that sort of Too thing. Too much to or say. Or at least, why would you bother on a podcast? Like, you know, on the radio, you've got three minutes max before you've got to play Duran Duran or whatever it is. It's nice that we don't have to do that mm. on this show, and we hope you enjoyed it. Flixandfilm at gmail.com. Uh, or at Flix and Film on Twitter for your thoughts and plus or minus ones. Yes, Phil, I teased it. We watched Always Be My Maybe uh, with Randall Park and Ali Wong, and I really took your recommendation seriously. I was really swayed by the brilliant Mariah Carey song, Always Be My Baby, in the trailer, and neither Jude or I were fans of it. We, Well, I think we talked about this before. I have no sympathy for weed smoking characters. Yes, I thought that might be the, the downfall for you, that there's a stoner element to it all. But I don't think it's the main focus. It might be legal over there or whatever, but it's just not... I think it's often presented as if, oh, we're, now I'm going to relate to you because you're such a cool guy. I don't think you're cool. I, feel, I, feel, I know I sound like a dad when I say that. I'm not criticising you if you like it legally, but it doesn't, it doesn't work for me as an endearing character trope. And actually more of the film, more of the film is sort of leaning that direction than I expected. And we just didn't laugh enough. It wasn't funny enough. They couldn't figure out what it wanted to do. It didn't know whether it was about them uh, not quite making it. It didn't know whether it was about two different lifestyles clashing. It didn't know whether it was just an oddball comedy about old childhood friends meeting up later. It couldn't figure out which one it was. And so from my point of view, none of the emotional, dramatic or comedy beats really landed. I can't think of a gag I really loved that much. There were a couple of moments with Keanu Reeves that I did think were good, um, he is quite good in it, but also rubbish as well. I mean, tell me, it wasn't a good performance, was it? I mean, it's it's a ridiculous performance. That's the whole point, isn't it? It's ridiculous, but slightly cringy for that very reason. I like the bit where he broke the glass vase over his head. <laughs> over his head. That was quite funny. Um, but yeah, no, minus one from both me and Judith. Oh. Judith had a really specific bit of feedback that clearly bothered her a lot. I can't give you in detail because it would spoil the film. Judith had a problem with the title. She doesn't feel it matches the film properly. I think even you would have to concede that, not spoiling anything. I'm just feel sad you didn't enjoy it. I wanted to like it. I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I feel like, I agree, it's not, it's no uh, sort of 
absolutely perfect rom-com, nice, happy times. Uh, it's the closest we're getting these days. And so maybe it just scratched an itch for me. But um, I, I concede I lost it. I didn't, it didn't work for you. I'm, apologies. I genuinely feel okay. quite sad about the fact that you didn't enjoy it, though. So there you go. Well, it wasn't terrible, but it My didn't humble, deliver. I, I think you I, yeah. sold it too well. That's your, your, you were too enthusiastic. And oh, I sometimes I don't know my own strength. Sea, <laughs> yeah, that's it. In a sea of mediocrity, I can see how it would stand out. But there you go. Not my cup of tea, I suspect. For example, I think our parents would not enjoy it. No, no, parents do not watch it. Do not watch it. <laughs> it's not your film. <laughs> not your film. Uh, have a lovely week. Lovely to be back with you once again. Send your emails in. We love reading those out. I don't think we've really got time for bonuses, and I don't really have a great one. I've got one question mark here which says, was there more saliva in 70s movies? Which I don't really understand. I found that quite a troubling note that I've left myself. Is that, <laughs> so let's is that from that the Rocky there. Rocky films? Lots of I spit in the Rockies? I have no idea, Phil. I write these notes and I don't always understand what I started mean. watching Rocky. I couldn't get into it. Uh, he's, what, are you kidding? Rocky's brilliant. Rocky 1 is fantastic. Are you joking It was now? the weird bit where he suddenly just... That's an all-time classic. I know, but I didn't get that far into it and it was a bit slow. And then they got to the bit where he just suddenly started like hanging out with people around a burning dustbin. And I was like, what's this about? Don't remember that. It's right at the well, beginning but... and I just got completely like... Oh, I, okay. The thing I love about Rocky is how much of a surprise it is. Because you think you know what the sports drama is about. But the um, um, unusually... All the stuff around the sport is brilliant, and I think the characterization of Rocky is amazing. You just okay. don't really see, ca- okay. you don't see characters like that. I'll watch really. it. I'll watch <laughs> it's it. It's worth a go. And like his trainer, the dynamic between him and his trainer, that is a really stellar performance. Trust me on that one. All right, let's go, Phil. We're talking and talking and talking. Talk, Everyone talk, have talk, a lovely talk, week. Talk. Bye-bye. Bye bye.